What's up, everybody? Welcome on in to the Brass Ring Media Podcast, one of two flagship episodes of the show throughout the week. What's going on? I'm Zach Haydorn. That's Tyler Sage. Tyler, what's up, man? Hey. Just another day in wrestling paradise, a wrestle dream, wrestle dream, if you will. Um, the, you know, I guess the content gods <laughs> have, uh, have taken a couple days off here. Yeah, I was doing Monday Mania yesterday. I was like, "Oh, there's not like earth-shattering news that happened within the last like 24 hours." So, what do oh. I even do? What the but, heck? Uh, yeah. What the heck? Yeah, content we're... world. <laughs> so, uh, so we're here now. Have a interesting Monday Night Raw. I know we're gonna go back a couple days before that. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I'm excited to talk with you about all that. I gave my kind of pre and post. Uh, take on what the conference was going to be, and then reported something right after. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious. I would like you to. I, you I know, not everyone watch that, but because if you're, you have to be a Patreon member to do that. So look at me. I got a plug in before you did. So you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is this is weird. This feels weird. <laughs> God dang. Well, no, I want to start the show there for sure because I thought mm-hmm. last week, and I I had a free column that hit um, our our newsletter page about the, the, the press conference, the big press conference from Thursday night. Um, I listen, I thought it was fantastic. I, I, you know, I, but stipulating to the fact that it really made no sense. Like if you, like, I get it. If, if you're like, I can't get past the logic of it. Like I can't get past on Friday, Cody giving away the title shot. And on Thursday, him just, Hey, I'm facing Roman Reigns at Russell. Like if you like, if you can't get past that, um, I told I understand why you'd look at that and go, boy, what, what a, what a mess, what a, what a disaster. Um, I didn't take it that way. Like I, I, I enjoyed it for for the chaos that it that it was, and I think, you know, I think like for the last, well, I think one of the reasons why I liked it so much was for the last like how many years, 15 years, 20 years, like WWE is like meticulously, annoyingly, you know, planned out, like annoyingly like this and then this and then this and then this. And it's, it's rare. And I, and I get what I get that. Like you're a huge company. Now you're a big corporation. You've got a lot of money coming in. You don't want to damage any of that by having people go off script or, you know, having, you know, a match, fall apart or an angle fall apart. So I get it. I get that. But part of what like makes wrestling, I think fun and interesting is like the idea that anything can happen at any time. And like in that press conference, I really thought that they got to a point where it was like, who knows what these guys are going to say? Who knows what they're going to do? It might not make any sense. Punk is calling out the rock on commentary. The <laughs> rock stands behind him on the stage. Like it was like, completely it, pandemonium. Like he turned his head, like, yeah. I was yes. Like, yeah. yes. And of course, it's like, of course it's CM Punk. So it's like, yeah. you know, so I I just think that like it's it's a fun little nuance, like to add in. And you and I think you you look, you can't have it that way all the time. Like it can't, this can't be like a regular thing but for the big shows with the big stars like i kind of i like seeing like the off the cuff nature it made it made it seem like like extra dramatic and extra important 
and extra serious. Like these guys are really going to beat the crap out of each other. Like on this stage right now, that's going to happen. They, you know, and Pat McAfee is literally going to lose his mind. His mind's going to just fall out of his brain is the minute that it happens. Like, so I was, was, was pretty high on it. Like I thought it was, I thought it was good, but again, you have to be able to stipulate that they are using this to repair a major, major, major storyline flaw that they kind of went forward with on, on, on Friday, like the Friday before. And I think like, once you can stipulate to that, it's easier to kind of, it's easier to take, but I, I thumbs up, thumbs up for me. I, I, a for trying something new, a for trying it at the biggest level with the top guys at the most important time of the year. And I think all in all, um, it made you want to watch SmackDown the next night. It made you want to watch Raw this week. And and obviously people are going to want to see what happens with The Rock and Roman Reigns together um, on this Friday on SmackDown. So with that being the end game, I think it not only was interesting, but I think it moved the needle too from a, uh, from a business perspective. So yeah, thumbs way up uh, from me. I, I don't think I, I think I differed from you a little bit. It's like you were more in the camp of, that was pretty chaotic and I'm not sure it made sense. Um, now you did record it like just minutes after. It was over. So, you know, yeah. maybe you have a different perspective now uh, or not. Yeah. You thought yeah, it was I mean, worse. I would say it's more nuanced. I think you're correct in that the event itself, the one hour of it, it was a thumbs up for sure. It, you know, cause this, this, this event was put on, you know, was booked before the, we want Cody stuff. It's not like they booked this event on Monday, you yeah. know, got access to T-Mobile. And then, so like, I think they are thankful that there was some controversy about this because yeah. like the, the Becky, the Bianca, the Rhea stuff like that was, it was bad. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, but yeah. then also the pre-show, it was just like surreal, I guess was my experience with the show until the end. Um, because it was like the first time that, WWE has had like that sort of format, especially with Michael there. But you know, with Michael Cole, with Punk, with Big E, who's the fourth person? McAfee. McAfee, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so there you go. But <laughs> yeah. to, to, it was the it was the most unproduced like segment like that I think I've ever seen in WWE. It was yeah. very much like an AEW segment of like, hey, like you guys go out there and talk about it and kind of be in character, but kind of like sway back and forth, like like Michael Cole acting like he doesn't know if Big E's healthy or not. Like that was weird and all that sort of stuff, right? And then afterwards, like you talked about with Punk and all them. So it was just like it was jarring in that it was it felt very much outside of the WWE, like yes. even current day SmackDown and Raw, yep. which is cool. Um and I think they lucked into like the lemonade of that whole situation based on what happened there. And the great memes, right? Rock turning and, and putting the bloodline on the on the screen i mean that's been i don't know how many of you've seen but i've seen a million you know tiktoks and reels where someone's just green screen that thing and it's you know <laughs> the, the whopper commercial with the whopper song <laughs> in the background and he's saying that they're all badass like so lots of fun stuff um but like what you said about it made you want to watch smackdown it wanted to make you watch raw i think they dropped the ball at least on these last two episodes May, may more drop the ball in SmackDown of like, hey, sorry, were they in Phoenix last for Phoenix? Yep. Phoenix, yeah. Yep. Like, hey, sorry, Phoenix. Like, here's some 
elimination chamber stuff. And same thing last night in Lexington where a little more sense, but I think like that episode of raw last night specifically suffered more from like the reset button of this whole thing. Cause like now they're trying to get their ducks in a row to kind of explain it and also get Sammy over in a spot and also get drew over in a spot, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think in the end, this is a pivotal moment in if this story is successful, whatever they are going to do, this is what you're going to remember on the WWE produced documentary on Netflix Mm-hmm. as like the big moment that got you there as opposed to the little stuff in between. So it's a success overall because of that. And they pivoted, which is good. It just was like jarring to see it. And I hope they don't do it. I think you just kind of alluded to this, but I- I'm good with this like once a year. Like you don't need to do yeah. this for all big four. You don't even need to do this for WrestleMania and SummerSlam, but it's cool. They got the, you can always do it where the Super Bowl is because it always is going to time out in the right way get your stars on radio row, et cetera. So, you know, all that makes a ton of sense to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I get a good point. Yeah. They can't do this all the time. I mean, that's why I felt special. That's why I felt like fresh. Um, and they did have like the perfect bit of controversy to make it interesting. Um, I just like, well, well, we're going to get there in a minute. Let me set the table for the show here. This is the Brass Ring Media Podcast for February 13th, 2024. Happy early Valentine's Day, everybody, to those who celebrate out there. Tyler, you'll always be mine. Always, always. Uh, thank you for joining us live. Appreciate everybody who's popped in the chat and who's on with us. Sean's in the chat. Adam's there. Zach's there. And many others are watching live. So appreciate you being here. Um, we are live. Um, with this show twice a week, Tuesday nights and Thursday afternoons, Tuesday 9 Eastern, uh, Thursday 3 Eastern. But we also have a slate of other live Brassery Media podcasts throughout the week. Monday Mania with Tyler, uh, my show called Spotlight on Wednesday afternoons, and then Robert Fajajos holding down the late night camp um, with Nocturnal Knockout. Uh, really fun slate of shows that started up last week, um, and they're free for everybody. So join in and watch those and have a blast. Um, subscribe to our Brass Free Media YouTube channel that you're on right now. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification button so you know uh, when, we are, um, when we are live. Super chats are on. The live chat is going. The super chats really help us out, help the show. If you want to get your questions or comments in, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Um, any little bit helps. So definitely thank you in advance for that. I see some coming in now. We'll make sure to uh, we'll make sure to uh, to get to those. And if you like what you hear and you want more, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Um, that's where you get all of our content, all of our written content, a free members only podcast once a week, um, access to our Discord community. That's an absolute blast and various other perks and uh, and fun stuff. So give us a shot. It's $4, um, which is reasonable for all the wonderful content that you get back. So uh, head over there now, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. So Tyler, you alluded to this a little bit as you were kind of running down your point there, um, that they missed on SmackDown and they missed on Raw. And I I think, like, I don't know. I don't know that, I mean, they certainly didn't bring, like, roll out the red carpet for something huge to follow up on those, on those, on those shows. Um, I don't know if they could have, because what they did on Thursday was just so outrageous that, like, I don't know that you could follow up. And, I kind of think that like it was inevitable that you're going to have a couple nights like that because um, 
they didn't have like a grand plan clearly to explain why Cody Rhodes gave up the title shot in the first place only to, you know, claim it back. And so I ask you this, is that a smart move? Like, is it smart of them to just go, you know what? There isn't a good explanation for this other than the fans went crazy and we realized we needed to pivot. That's not really like a storyline. It's a, that's just tough to like play into to storyline. So we're just not going to worry about it. <laughs> we're just going to just keep going. Like, I, I don't know, like I like consistency in my wrestling, but there's not a good explanation for this in my eyes, like a suitable one that can like make the angle better. So um, I guess like, I guess what I'm saying is I'm kind of okay with them just going, uh, okay, now it's Roman and, and Cody and we'll see what happens. But what do you think? Do they need, do they need to do a better job? Do they need to tie this together? Or, you know, is it just one of those things where it's like, there's no good answer. So just leave it. Yeah. I think they certainly need to tie it together. It's, it's almost all there. If you watch the press conference, right? Like Cody said, he was going to finish the story, not at WrestleMania. He didn't. He also didn't say he was going to fight Seth, right? Right. He went that episode of SmackDown, and he went on Raw and listened to Seth again to kind of get, you know, to get pushed into making that decision, right? So then, I think all you need to do is, and you can just film it, you know, Friday afternoon. You have some video that somehow there's some secret footage of Rock and Cody meeting last or two Fridays ago and him being like, Hey, you know, Hey dream. I was letting you know, like I'm in part of, you know, whatever, whatever story you want to make to make he, rock look bad. Like, Hey, it's, it's my family. My ancestors want me to be, you know, the new chief of the family and I got to take out Roman. So you understand. Right. All right, cool. And like maybe autograph something for Liberty, like as like, kind of <laughs> a, as an a-hole move, I think like that would be, it depends how you want to frame the rock. Right. That's the important thing here. Cause I think Cody's going to look, Whatever. I mean, yes, will he look bad either way? But you can do something where he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's what it is. And then he was driven by his fans and all that sort of stuff. You can easily tie that together. And the Cody character, I think, can do that. So that's just like if I was a writer, that's my like rough draft pitch. And then you can kind of outline that from there. But it seemed like they almost got there on Raw this week. Like, almost. Yeah. Like, it was like, Tony was, like, walking up to that line. I just wanted him to, like, actually connect the two. Like, I said this on Friday, and I heard from you guys, and then I changed my mind. Like, I almost think it can be, like, that simple and that clear. It's not great. It's not a good – it's not good because that that move was so – horrifically bad that it's like it's you can't come back from it entirely but i think that would work um but he didn't do that though he kind of just said i heard you but he didn't like connect that to the fact that really he said that he wasn't gonna gonna do that so yeah i mean whose responsibility is it to kind of like drive that point home like does it have to be cody like can it can you get you know like can the rock you know, kind of like clean that up with whatever he's going to do with Roman Reigns on Friday? Or does it really have to be like a Cody-based thing? It depends on how you want to frame both characters, right? I think, obviously, the impetus of Rock slapping Cody is him talking about his family, talking about you know the bloodline, right? So I think if it's Cody saying, like, you know, my father is the legend, and I, you know, he did that to me, and I thought it was whatever, he's a legend, and, but, like, if he if Cody comes to the realization that the entire bloodline has been tainted and the legends that are their fathers and grandfathers mm-hmm. are 
that li- that line is so poisoned that the whole tree needs uprooted and started over like something like that where you know he as someone from a legendary family in wrestling he knows whatever that sort of thing to spin it and then the rock is not gonna like that he can spin that into you know okay now you fully called out my family so now you're dead to me for sure whatever just a continuation of thursday which that angle works great right yeah because the rocker reason that's if you don't want to frame rock as like the a-hole executive who came in and essentially is the new Mr. McMahon character. If you really right. want to play your cards, like that's kind of what it is. So if you're the rock, I can understand not wanting to do that. And if you do more like, Hey, I'm defending my family. And then me and Roman got problems afterwards. Then that's more likely. And that's more of a Cody pissing off the rock for about talking about his family, as opposed to my original idea. So just depends how you want to frame it. I think rock and Roman can totally heal it up and guide the story that way. Or it can be Cody, you know, saying the bloodline needs uprooted every which way. And that's a, that's a way to get it over as like kind of the generic babyface story. So, yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Let's go to Zach's super chat here. I'm going to be that guy says Zach Barber. Are they going to have Cody address why he stepped aside in the first place? Yeah. So we kind of, we're already there, Zach. We're already talking about this. And I, I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Again, I don't. I think it's it was such a bad angle initially that it may just be a like. Does it even matter at this point? You know, like I don't know that it like really matters. So I'm not. So I get. Yeah, I get what you're saying about tying those things together. I don't. I just don't know that it's worth going backwards. You know, and and tying up something where they're already like past it significantly, but. We'll see. We'll see what they do. I don't, it won't hurt it. That's for sure. Like, you know, continuity is always good. And so if they could figure out a way to like make it work and make it reasonable and make it like logical, I think it's, I think that's worth it. But Zach, I certainly don't think you're that guy. Like, I don't think you're that guy. Like it was a bad angle initially. So, you know, if people are asking that question, they only have themselves to blame for that. And so, you know, it's, it's on them to answer it, um, you know, or, you know, risk having people be that guy <laughs> like, like you're being, um, let me, so let's just, let's just like, let's just like put, you know, all the pieces on the game board here. You've got Cody Rhodes who's going to wrestle Roman Reigns and you've got now heel rock who, you know, essentially like turn heel with that, with that slap. And also, you know, just by, you know, taking Cody's shot and kind of, in in the real world in the meta world like coming in there stealing the opportunity from cody so there's this like meta heat that he has and then i think he's got like the cheap shot like he slapped cody in the face you know and now he's siding with roman reigns heat um as well and then you got roman there too who's kind of i don't know man like he's kind of like a third wheel right now which i think is is was is interesting um but heel rock what in your mind, does Rock have to do like? I guess where I'm going with this is, do you think that like WrestleMania Night Two can end with you know Rock turns on Roman Reigns, helps Cody win in the end, raises Cody's hands up, they do Roman Rock at like Saudi Arabia, you know, you know, and then you know that's just it for the Rock. Like, like, or do you think it is going to be more nuanced of a heel run for him where like, you know, he's got an interest in 
like really seeming like he's going to try to screw Cody over and he's going to be a central central figure in this because I guess what you run the risk of is the match being Cody and Roman but the feud really being like Cody and Rock and I don't think you want that either. It depends. I mean, I think it could also be Cody and Seth at Elimination Chamber, right? I mean, so Cody and um, Rock at Elimination Chamber. Sorry, that would make no sense. Oh, that would um, be huge, right? I mean, yeah, because, wow. like, I mean, Rock has put hands on Cody, mm-hmm. and Cody tried to fight back, but was pulled back by Adam Pierce and Triple H and all them. So that's got to – you've got to let the steam out on that tea kettle, right, before you can get to that match, or else Cody's going to get screwed over again, one would presume. So, you know, what does that mean? Uh, well, let's get to that in a second. But with The Rock, I think it's all about, you know, what this means, right? He's a member of the board. He got the stock thing. He got his name. I don't think it's, like, impossible to think that there's maybe, like, hey, let's get, like, three dates on the – like, let's guarantee three matches out of you for this, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, I think you could pivot whatever your plans were. Maybe he was going to beat Roman. And then maybe Rock, maybe Cody and Rock was going to be, like, the following WrestleMania. And that was, like, him finishing his story. He would have beaten Roman individually without the title, right? That'd be a pretty cool story. Maybe yeah. that could still happen. You never know. But um, something like that, I think, is more afoot than what you laid out. Yours is the more reasonable take, I think, at this time, just knowing Rock and how much time he has to give to things like this. But um, to me, the pivot here, to be told effectively, I think you need a a – Rock that is participating in it, which he is, which is great, right? Yeah, he, he is. He, which he, is that, he understood yeah. that. And like to tell the right story, I think he knows it's got to go beyond that. Or alternatively, it's like if it's not, if Rock is like, if you got him that weekend in Philadelphia and that's it, it almost has to be the tag match the night one. And then I don't know what that leads to the following night because then like Seth defends the title, probably not against The Rock, right? And then yeah. you have Cody and Roman. So it's like, there's just like, that's like 80% of a story. And it's super cool, right? If you can say Cody and Seth versus, um, you know, Rock and Roman, that's that could be the main event, a regular WrestleMania by itself, right? Yeah. And the following night, it's Cody potentially finishing the story. Like, huge. Those, those two matches are absolutely massive. Some of the biggest matches of all time in the company. So that's cool. It just needs that extra 20% that I don't know the machinations from there, or does Seth just not, just, does he just not defend the title uh, at WrestleMania, which would, would be crazy, right? Because you have a whole elimination chamber built to that. Does that person then switch over and go after Gunther? I don't know. But, like, there's a lot you can do here. And, uh, or is it Cody and, you know, I know we've all got these machinations. I'm just saying it out loud for everybody here. You know, is it is it Cody and um, Roman Knight 2? And then Seth and Roman have like a unification match night one. And where's the rock fit into that then? Who knows, right? So I know I'm kind of deviating from your question here. But no, to, to, to make this cleaner, it's like almost the tag match, then the world title match. And then Rock Rock and Cody having business later beyond that is what makes the most sense to me at this point. But we'll see. I don't know. So 
Yeah, a couple things on that. Uh, real quick, let's get to Adam here, who uh, who agrees with you uh, more so than me. I, Adam, thank you very much for the for the super chat. Appreciate you. I think you need to explain the Cody thing. But if the end result is epic, most won't care ultimately. I guess that's kind of where I'm at too. So I mean, like, and I guess that's why I kind of think like they don't need to explain it, Adam, because I think the end result is going to be epic. Like, the minute Cody beats Roman Reigns and wins that title, I think you know that's a pretty epic end result. And so it, I don't know that it's worth, you know, going backwards for that reason, but you know, we'll have to see what they do. But I mean, the way that I'm reading the tea leaves now, um, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at, but thank you, Adam. So speaking of Seth, and I want to get to back to this tag team idea, but Seth Rollins last night on raw, um, I thought he cut one of the best promos that he's ever cut in his career. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was really, really, like it it was compelling um but also it was just like buttoned up from like the business of like what the promo was supposed to do i mean he really like laid it on thick for cody as like the fighting baby face you need to finish your story you need to do this you need to you know beat roman but it also like he framed i thought he did a brilliant job like framing up roman and more so than that like framing up the rock as this like big bad mega star that is almost untouchable, like that now Cody's going to be going head to head with. Um, and so I thought that was like, I thought that was really like a, a, a nice night on the mic, on, on the mic for him and for Cody too, but really mainly, mainly Seth, I thought really tied everything together, you know, on with, within that segment. Um, but it, but it leads me to ask you this question that what is, like, what is the benefit of the tag match? I guess. Like, I'm having honestly, like, I'm having a hard time. Like, it's a big match. Like you said, it's one. Of, it's a huge match. It can main event of WrestleMania on its own, no question about it. But like, storyline wise, like, why, why, if Cody's gonna wrestle for the world title like the next night, like, what's why does he have to beat the? Why does he and Seth have to beat Rock and Reigns like the night before? I, I just, that's the part that I'm kind of just held up on. Like what, how do you get there from like a storyline perspective other than, oh crap, Seth needs to wrestle at WrestleMania and the rock needs to wrestle at WrestleMania. So we better do this. Like, that's where I'm like a little hold up. Like I, like, I think there's other real world issues. Like you don't want to like get Cody hurt or Roman hurt, like before the big match, like there's yeah. that stuff going on, of course. But even if you put that aside, how do you get like why do they want to fight that tag team match when the bigger match is really just the next night like 24 hours later yeah like so i throw that to you yeah no i mean it's a valid point and that's why it's confusing the way things are like if you take each character all four characters right like rock slapped cody seth is talking to cody about rock seth is talking about roman roman is talking about seth right <laughs> like they're like right now, if you were like popped in and only watched the press conference, you would think, okay, it's going to be Rock and Co- Cody and Seth and Roman. That seems to be where they're going based on how they're interacting with each other. So that's like why the tag match thing comes to your mind. But like, you know, is it better to have Rock and Cody fight in the main event of night one? The winner gets Roman the next night. Like, is that the most plausible thing, actually? Like, I think so. I think or that it, works a lot better storyline-wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, does it then confirm what's going to happen? Probably. But, you know, you need 
maybe that's when Seth comes in and like helps him finish the story, right? Because like Jimmy and Solo are there, and Seth comes out and helps him after maybe Seth loses the title, and he gets like you know, he's like, I don't care, I'm still coming out to help my buddy Cody, and like evens the odds there in that match, and then Cody and Roman is a straight one on one match with no interference on either side. Like that'd be a nice way to tie all that bloodline stuff together. Um, and whatever, right? Like maybe Rock is then pissed at Roman for like, oh, you sent Solo and Jimmy on the match, but you didn't respect me. I'm your tribal chief. I'm the real tribal. You know, then you, they can be mad yeah. at each other and lead to that match as Cody is the champion. And that match is a huge match that doesn't need to be for a title. So, yes, that makes more sense. It's just like for Seth, like, yeah, just give him the winner of the chamber and he's in that match for that reason. Um, and who knows, maybe Damian Priest can also cash in in that moment, right? I mean, that's too much going on for sure. That's like the Pat McAfee booking right there, just like <laughs> screaming and everything happening at the same time. So that, yeah, I agree 100%. Like the tag match is contrived at best. And it feels like that's just like a pivot at the moment that maybe that was an idea someone had. But I think having a series of singles matches is way better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's, the, here's like if I'm – reading based on what we saw last night and like the comment too of like you know seth offering to be cody's shield you know like i think that plays Mm -hmm. like if i were to be if i were a betting well i am a betting person but if i were a wrestling betting person which i'm not Mm -hmm. if i was i think i would lay it out like this i think i would lay it out and this is just based on what we heard as of yesterday like i think like the main event of night two is roman reigns and and, and this is incomplete, by the way. And, uh, and you'll find out why in a minute. I think night two main event is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Rock is out there with Roman. And Cody or, uh, Seth's out there with, with Cody, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, and others potentially that Cody kind of brings out. Maybe Sammy joins or something to that. Or Jay or something. You know, just to like be the shield to like the, you know, the bloodline folks that are out there with, with Roman mm-hmm. Reigns. Um, and then... Night one, Seth is just working the winner of the elimination chamber. So let's say that's Drew McIntyre. All right, let's just say it's Drew. Um, the and so yeah, this would mean that like in that scenario, The Rock would not wrestle a match at WrestleMania, but the main like because let you know he's signed for one match in in this scenario, and it's just going to happen at like the Saudi show after because I think that's in. Is it in May? I think it might. That first one is Sounds in May. Sounds right. I think perhaps? it's typically that the, the next thing after WrestleMania. Yeah, the next the thing after WrestleMania. Year. So, like, you have Rocket involved on Cody's behalf, and then you pivot like right to that. He doesn't have his match at WrestleMania, but you do Rock Roman. Then that I mean, like, that sounds most plausible to me at this at this point. I don't know if I I don't know that I love it. I don't know that I love like so many like outside forces involved in like in that main event like this idea of like a shield for cody like i hope that that's maybe just seth but i you know i could be wrong yeah they can tony khan gives the blessing for john moxley to be there one night right. oh night. man yeah that'd be that and, then, be and then and then you get some transfer you get like a guaranteed like I want Seth in one match if that's the case on AEW. I mean, yes, cool. Seth against Will Ospreay, right? Yeah. yeah, that'd be. Oh my god, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry, that's fancy booking zone, but um, yeah. I mean, so here's my question: like logistically, like does TKO 
version of WWE cares much about Saudi Arabia as the WWE Vince McMahon controlled version did. Um, obviously, you know, in those in that lawsuit, we've seen that Vince was touting, you know, yeah. talking to the Crown Prince as like a power play, right? So, how long is that deal roughly? Is that like three more years? I think it's like six right, more so shows, or is it more? Three than more that? years, six more shows. Yeah. So, like, is TKO going to re up that deal at the end of three years? Like, I would say, shockingly, I'd be shocked if they did. Like, I think they have proven they can find tons of other revenue mm-hmm. outside of that. Um, Ooh, I don't know. So, I, I guess I think they will. I mean, because the UFC is going there now. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. I just like. I mean, it's shameful, but I, I, you know, I don't. Yeah, and does the Rock want to be seen in Saudi Arabia doing a match like that? Well, too? that yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, so, right, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Does he want to work? Yeah. So now, man. All right, go ahead. Poke holes in my. my no, I'm just saying, like you know, it's when you and it just you know, I know it's not your actual idea of choice. So take that. Yeah, no, no, it's just that. based on the tea it, leaves. Yeah, yeah, because it would how. Like, much would that suck if you're, like, tease The Rock coming for WrestleMania? Let's say you bought tickets, and then it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in Riyadh. Like, that's such, oh, like, a brutal. disservice yeah. to the yeah. to the fans that are not, you know, if there's 60,000 people at Philadelphia for the for WrestleMania, not every single one of those per- per- people were on Twitter saying, we, you know, hashtagging we want Cody. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. it's, like, rough to... They're not all, you know, Cody crybabies, if you will. So, yeah, um, good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, the, the the Saudi Arabia factor is easy to write on paper, but there is so much more that goes into that into that type of uh, decision. So, yeah, I mean, like, look, they just get a lookalike, right? They they wanted Yokozuna, and they just had a sumo wrestler because they couldn't <laughs> tell them that Yokozuna has been dead for 50, twenty years. For twenty for twenty years. Oh yeah, Jesus. The, the thing is, the like, greatest Royal Rumble. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh my God! Who won that? Uh, I'm sa- I'm mad that I know this because he got a green, a stupid green belt. Uh, Braun Strowman won the greatest role. Oh, the green belt! Yes. Oh my gosh! Gotta get Chris Jericho who came in at fifty and worked like two minutes. It was like his last, his last spot in WWE. Yeah, that's a kind of a crazy show to go back and watch. There's I can't of- believe that that's a real sentence. Chris Jericho came in at number fifty. A 50-person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, so, look, there's there's a lot of options here, you know. And the – and I, I I mean, honestly, like, I'm in for, like, the chaos of this. Like, I, I think it's – I think it's interesting. I think it's compelling. Um, can they get to where they need to go? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how much, you know um, – they, they, you know, how much they can tie together and how interesting they can make this the thing that I think they have on their side. And I think this was abundantly clear last night on raw is that like Cody is working. Like I, you know, so much of this, they get to kind of like just brush under the rug because Cody's as over as he is as a baby face. And people are so interested in seeing him wrestle Roman at WrestleMania this year for the title that, as long as that's the match that they deliver, like, you know, I think the WWE is going to get a lot of leeway just because, you know, Cody's over. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like almost like Steve Austin attitude era, um, you know, syndrome of like a lot of those attitude era raws were not good, but it didn't matter because, you know, you're watching Stone Cold and like 
he was the biggest star and he was doing really cool stuff all the time. And you were interested in what he was doing. So the bad all around it, like didn't seem all that bad at the time. And I think like, there's a little bit of that going on, um, going on here with Cody. Cause he's just, I don't know, man, he's just, he's hitting home runs left and right. If you ask me, I know maybe we're a little bit disconnected on that, but I don't know. It's hard to argue with that crowd response. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's the quintessential WWE babyface, right? It's yeah. funny that it's a post-Vince McMahon era, that this is like yep. the exact babyface that Vince McMahon always wanted out of Cena. <laughs> yes, Roman Reigns post, you know, I mean, really, is there a babyface that, I'm sure there is, please drop in the chat, but, you know, he's the most like Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior guy there's been. I mean, yeah. Shawn Michaels has his ups and downs, obviously Stone Cold. Um, you know, you're you're really dominated by heels in that ruthless aggression era till Cena mm-hmm. comes through as a baby face. And then, you know, C- and Cena and Roman. And then Cody seems to be the next guy in line to be that in that spot. And it's kind of crazy how old school, obviously we know Cody likes that, but how much of an eighties, nineties wrestler babyface character he is. Yeah. With yeah. the twinge of you know, work stuff like with a writing crew, he knows he can, his character can thread that meta needle better than most. He is benefiting greatly from that writing team. You know, I mean, like, yeah. And we did. said it when it happened, I think yep. on, on torch, torch era of the show, yep. but I, you know, we were both very high on him going to WWE. So again, yeah. try and keep track of the losses and the wins here, but I've got another win big time. I want to talk about the very end of the show. To preview okay. something I'm writing this week, you know what that is. But okay. don't let me forget as we as we exit because I want to make sure we get off to all these super chats before I tangent and throw everybody out. <laughs> I will. I got one question, and then we're gonna yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna get to some of this. Well, actually, two questions. We'll go to Zach here quickly. Okay. I have a feeling this ends in a triple threat. Is that a possibility? Oh, certainly. Right. I mean, like of all the, I mean, how many actual possibilities are there? I mean, we've talked about Probably like five least. legitimate ones. Yeah. yeah. So, like, on the scale of, like, I'm going to say humbly, my idea is the best idea at the moment of <laughs> whatever Cody and Rock, <laughs> night one, and then the winner facing Roman, night two, and that can lead to other stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to the worst option being, I don't know, something, the worst thing you can imagine, right? Maybe only a tag match. Like that would probably be the worst scenario, right? If night two, it's <laughs> it's like winners get all the belts. Like Seth retains his title and Cody gets the title or Rock gets Seth's title. Like that's got to be – I can't think of a worse scenario based on what they built at the moment besides that. Unless that's like, pretty bad. That's pretty yeah, bad. Unless like, you know, CM Punk comes in with like a brace and hits everybody. and pins, I don't know. <laughs> or Damian Priest is added in the middle of the match and it's a five-way between all of them for <laughs> oh, all God. the titles. You know, that's like... All right, I'm going to stop you right there. I know. I know just no, more. Stuff. no more but bad like, ideas. In the middle of that is a triple threat, right? Like, it's makes sense to get there. You have to get the Rock and Roman to be pissed at each other, which you can easily do. And it's, it's, it's a cop-out, but it's not, you know, Rock at ringside screwing over Cody or what have you and doing this next year, right? It's at least a finish. You have the... Un, you don't know if Rock and Roman are going to team together to defeat Cody, but something will happen in the match. It's just more of a traditional WWE main event. It's just, you know, triple threat in that spot is never good. And how many WrestleMania main events have 
been triple threats too. I think there's at least one. Twenty right? was. Twenty 30 was. Yeah. Twenty, thirty, forty. Yeah, one. Yeah, one is obviously a tag match. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's been triple other triple threats, but they've not been. Yeah, not this is the final yeah. main event. Yeah. So, you know, I think they would like to, and I think Paul Triple H Levesque would like to not do that as well, just on the the history of yeah. the event. It's not. It's not. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I mean, like, is it a possibility? Yes. I don't know that it does though. I think like like the 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 Roman Rock pairing now, like that they're on the same side. Mm-hmm. Like I think it would just be too too much of a pivot like the other way to like have them all of a sudden like unravel and not be on the same and not yeah. be on the same side. So that and for that reason, Zach, like I'm not sure they I mean, can can they get there? Yes. Would it be hard to get there? No. But it would be kind of it would just seem like just another like really, really drastic pivot after what they set up on, on Thursday. I think we'll have a really good idea of where they're taking this on Friday. They're going to be on SmackDown, both of them. Um, so it would have been interesting to see where they go, but yeah, I, I kind of lean towards that. I don't think it does because of that fact that, that Roman and, and rock are kind of like that now as part of, um, as part of the bloodline. Um, Matt just joined the show. Thank you, Matt. Let's go BRM greater than fightful hey you know what appreciate the kind words my friend thank you thank you thank you um we'll, we'll use fightful for for quite a bit of our news that we drop on the show and discuss so you know they do a good job but hey we always like being number one though we're the tribal chief of the wrestling media world <laughs> thank you Matt. appreciate you yeah we're the and we're the analysts we're we've yes. got them in the analysis of the game, maybe not the reporting of insider stuff, but we haven't been worked either. Not that that's really their fault, but uh, everybody's true. certainly gotten worked the last couple months by, by WWE. So fair point, fair point. You can't um, get worked if you don't get insider info. So think about it. <laughs> well, a, like a ton of insider info. <laughs> a ton, a ton. <laughs> Matt, thank you. Appreciate it. Glad you're here. Um, so I have a question for you, Tyler. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the rock? What do you think of heel rock and Roman Reigns being together? Because one of the things that like, I think stood out and I alluded to this earlier was, you know, the rock looked, or excuse me, Roman Reigns looked like smaller, like next to rock, not physically, well, physically too, but more so like it's, you know, it is like the real tribal chief actually showed up. And I think like Roman, I don't know. Like when I watched it back, it was like Roman didn't hide from the spotlight, but rock like took it over. I mean, and rock usually does, but mm-hmm. I thought that Cody looked more rocks equal than Roman did, you know, in, in that, in that situation. And now that they're attached at the hip, I think it's like very, very important that Roman Reigns, you know, finds, you know, or they find a way for Roman to stick out, you know, and um, have kind of like a passive aggressive, like alpha battle with rock, because in the end, like he's the one that has the match. He's the one that has the long title reign. He's the one, you know, that all this is that that's, that's where the equity is. That's what they've been building up for so long. So by the time, we get to that match at WrestleMania, it has to be Cody against Roman. And that has to be the focus. And so 
they've got to find a way to like, I don't know. It's weird to say, but like t- turn Brock down a bit or turn Roman up. And I think that's going to be interesting to see play out. And I, I just hope Roman has it in him because I thought that first night there when they were staring at each other as opponents on SmackDown, I thought that worked. I thought that worked well. And you saw like two guys that were going to collide like head on. But when they stood next to each other, it was rock that was like front and center. It was rock that was, you know, flexing the muscle that was kind of commanding the attention. And um, it's such a big year or such a big match for Roman, you know, especially if he's going to put Cody over and lose the title, you really got to find a way to beat, to make that about him. So is like, can rock overshadow Roman here? And what, what can WWE do to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, I mean, that's a big challenge. I think it's helpful that they're not baby faces, right? If they're baby faces, I think you kind of are, they just have to be like, you know, like there's nothing you can really do here. But in storyline mm-hmm. with heels, you can sow some discontent between the two, right? I mean, it's always kind of been like a, a mafia movie with Roman as the Don Corleone yeah. or yeah. what have you. So if Rock comes in and he's like, let's say technically, or the Sopranos, right? Like Tony Soprano ran New Jersey, but forget his name the the new york guy that always especially in later seasons was a, was a problem i have not seen a single episode of the sopranos no, i mean super is it's i mean you know just when you have like time and maybe like it's a good time to like just watch most of it i mean it's no one's ever not liked it so yeah um I know. God, I but you know he's the bigger guy in the overall mafia but like tony has to keep his goons in line essentially and like prove it. So there's like that whole storyline you could play there too, of like Roman's fight to keep his guys and then to be there. But you know, it's what happened there on Thursday was a lot of ad limbing. It seemed like right. And rock is naturally going to be way better at that. I think just compared to like any any professional wrestler of all time, as opposed to like these bloodline segments that are well thought out, well-written, well-framed for the characters. As long as Rock's willing to play ball, I think there'll be a way for them to seem cordial, but cold, like a, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner with maybe a family member you don't love. And you're like cool with each other. And then you're kind of talking crap about each other behind each other's back. Like, I think there's ways to tell that story where Roman can play like, Hey, I've been here. I've been running this side of the business. So you're not going to come in here and tell me how to run the pro wrestling side of the business. If we're running a tequila business, I'll call you. But if you want to run, if you want to be world champion for three years, you call me. How about that? You know, like some of that, like cattiness between the two of them. And then that gives him the bona fides of like, hey, like I'm the guy and I've been the guy. I've been the guy longer than you were in this company week in and week out. So I don't want to hear anything from you. And that's like, whatever. You don't have to go that direct. But um, there's, there's things to do there where they can be frosty and you can be like oh man something's gonna happen between these two because they're heels right and like a good example of that in wwe in recent time is the switch from finn balor and damian priest right like damian priest was very subservient until he wasn't and now he's like the alpha of that group pretty quickly and kind of like out of nowhere and when they want to tell that story and and frame it in a right way i think they can do it so i like that i like that a lot i think that is a good way to do it because it's and it's a it's a definitive way to do it but soft too it's not over the top it's not like you're not like beating them on the head over the head with it but it's again it's important like I, it 
it's going to be really fascinating to see those two because like they're not wrestling at WrestleMania at least as of now, but um, they're going to be next to each other, and it's 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 really important that Roman continue to you know come across as he has for the last three years, um, and I think and I think it's props to Cody too for kind of you know uh, being able to you know, puff his chest a little bit opposite rock and, and, uh, and hang with them, which was, which was, which was good. Um, uh, Zach saying here, so you're saying that it's justice league with Cody is Superman versus the Legion of doom with Roman as Lex Luthor. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, that's one angle. Like they started that down that path. I'm not saying that's where they're going. I'm not saying that that's for sure what's going to happen, but like this whole idea of like a shield for Cody, like, I think that that's, the type of thing that I was, that I was getting at. Yes. Uh, thank you for, uh, yeah. Uh, for, for and like, you know, wrestling at its best, honestly, is like superhero, right. anime, mythology, right. It's all, they're all blending together. Yep. Yeah. They're all from the same trough of epic battles between good and evil. So, yep. Find me up. Yep. I, 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 I think that that's right. And, this has a lot of that floating around. Adam, uh, thank you uh, for, for sending this in. Mania will be the catalyst for Roman's face turn. That's an interesting uh, interesting potential in that. Um, I I mean, yeah, like there's money in this Roman Reigns as a babyface for sure. It's just a matter of time. And they've got a lot of opponents for him to work with. I mean, oof, like, you know, Gunther's out there and, um, you know, Seth's out there again. And there's, I mean, there's just all sorts of, just different possibilities. Um, Drew, like, so I don't know if it's going to be here because I think catalyst is the right word. I don't think it's going to happen at this year's WrestleMania, but you definitely, Adam, could get, you know, a situation where you're on that path clearly now because this year is going to be all about Cody. It's going to be Cody finishing the story. Uh, although I said that last year, so I don't have <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we'll I mean, like from that storyline, like you know, framing him as Thanos essentially, right? Was was Seth's framing last yes. night? Yes, yes, it and was. Like, I mean, this is again not. This is just an example of what you could do, right? Let's say you take my original idea. Let's say Rock beats Cody. Like Rock convinces Cody to put that Royal Rumble title, you know, kind of like the G one briefcase, right? That's night one. It's for it's for the opportunity to take on Roman the following night. He he goats him into that for honor, for whatever, for family, all that stuff. He beats Cody. And then the next night it's rock oh and God. Roman. It's rock and Roman. Rock gets Jimmy and solo to turn on Roman. They, they cheat low, you know, low blow him and rock. It's rock bottom wins. And then Roman goes away for a while. And let's say Roman comes back and it's him, Seth and Cody all teaming up to, even the odds and they defeat rock together with Cody at the, you know, yeah. the, the tip of the spear. Like, I don't think that's what they would do. That'd be a hard story to tell over a year and keep it hot. Um, and not yeah. have fans be totally pissed off at that transaction. But like, you could totally do that. And like when that paid off, it'd be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Roman so, would be a big time baby face. So yeah, I mean yeah. like, yeah, that's in the cards for sure. Uh, Adam. And I think that's a really interesting way to go. Oh man. If that happened though, Philadelphia might like burn to the ground. Yeah, uh, can you imagine that night, night one before and night two? Like, yeah, and then they're like, "I guess we'll cheer for Roman because this is bull." And right, then right. Brock does that and screws over Roman after all that time, which makes it, he deserves it. 
But yeah, like you'd yeah. be like, oh my god, this how is the Rock the biggest heel of all time? This is crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah it'd, be he, he, it'd be interesting. He would be, and then he'd be like, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you next year. I'm I'm <laughs> gone or whatever, right? If he held that yeah. title, then like man, it'd be crazy. Be like I'm on the board. I'm not defending this thing until I have to. Right, right. It's just crazy. another example of like they've yeah. got a lot of ways to go, and I think that's yeah. going to make the road WrestleMania here not to be a you know a billboard for WWE, but this the avenue to WrestleMania uh, a pretty pretty uh, pretty exciting, pretty compelling. Um, let's get to Tracy's super chat. It's been here. Sorry for taking so long to get to it, Tracy, and thank you for helping out the show. Um, letting the crowd control the room in real time can be dangerous. Poor Rock's tree fell so flat. I felt bad for him. The what chance just didn't die or just don't die. Yeah. Like, and that's, it is dangerous. And that is why, like, I thought it was so, that's why I thought the event, like, was such a cool idea because it just, it had that element of, whoa, like, there's no net here. You know, there's no net. And we're, they're going and they're the top guys going. And they've got egos and they've got agendas and they've got all sorts of things. And, but yeah, it can be dangerous. I mean, like, what if, I mean, like, seriously, like, what if you had a, it was a free event. I mean, you could have planned this huge pivot and heard from a batch of fans that really wanted to see rock against Roman Reigns. And then it really, you really get messed. You're really in a tough spot. So without question, like, you know, it, it, it's dangerous, but it's also really fun. And I think you see the best, you know, the best step up and the best like stand out. And I think what you got that you got rock out there doing his thing. Yes. It fell flat, but he, you know, he recognized that. And I think he was a little surprised at first, but then, you know, pivoted around and like was able to make, you know, the, the best of that. And then Cody, I thought was just, did his thing like and, and like people again he's so over that it you know it doesn't matter what he does at this point uh but yeah tracy good point um mm-hmm. i think that's uh a fun part of pro wrestling is that yeah you're out there and it's live so that makes it fun yeah. when it's like when rock held the hand of roman for the 16 rumble and he's like yes mortified that he's getting booed he can't not believe it i mean there's a yep. lot of that of like Maybe yes. they're like, hey, like maybe he's like, all right, if they what chant me or boo me incessantly, like have Cody come out and we'll do plan B. And then like maybe he's like realizing like it seemed like he was realizing like mid thing, like, all right, I guess we're doing the heel thing. I guess we like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that's like the romantic way to look at this, that there were so that many plans and that he would pivot like that on the dime, but it seemed like he died inside a little bit during especially those what chance. And he leaned yes. into him. But like he did. He's, like, yeah, he's like, I cannot believe I'm back and this is happening. He shouldn't so. feel that better. I think they've what chanted the Undertaker before, which is like the ultimate, like yeah. And how, he dare, how dare you? Yeah, he <laughs> does. Yeah, yep, yep. Um. Well, good conversation. All right, we're gonna pivot. We got some uh, some su- a super check conversation here about Okada that I want to get to. Okay. Listening to the Brass Ring Media podcast, uh, we are live all throughout the week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, twice on Thursday actually, uh, with various shows. Um, they're all free. You can check them out just by subscribing to the YouTube channel. So hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button, um, and uh, and catch some of our catch some of our stuff. I think you'll be happy that you did. Thanks to everybody participating in the live chat. That thing is rocking. Uh, David's in there. Zach's in there. Matt, of course, is there. Uh, Sean, Adam, appreciate you guys. Um, hope you guys are having a good time. And uh, and thank you for being here. Um, all right. So the question 
the question was, and this comes from, from Zach, and uh, Zach says, I asked Tyler this question, so it's your turn, Zach. How bad do you think WWE fumbled not going hard to get Okada? Sean jumped in in support of the show right after that, saying, I do think WWE dropped the ball on Okada because I think they can make him a bigger star. I just feel like he will blend in with everybody else, presumably um, in AEW. So thank you, Sean. Thank you, Zach. This is a great topic. The news broke from Fightful, by the way, uh, uh, last week that Okada, or over the weekend, that Okada is um, going to sign with AEW. Um, I don't, so Zach, I'm going to put your super chat back up. I don't think that, I don't think that that's a fumble by WWE um, because I just, I don't think it's going to impact them at all one way or negatively. I don't think it will impact them negatively. Um, so I don't know that you could call that a, a fumble. I think it would have impacted them positively had they signed him. I think he would have been a really, really interesting guy to see Triple H book in, you know, mainstream WWE. I think it really would have been fun. I think the opponents are significantly fresher and more interesting in WWE than they are in AEW. Um, just we've seen a lot of the big AEW matches already that he's going to have. So would I have rather had WWE sign him? Yes. But I think if WWE wanted to sign him, they would have. And they would have like signed him for the, whatever money that they needed to to get it done. Um, I just don't think that they feel like they need him at a certain price point at, at this time. And I think that they're probably right. I think that they're probably right. You know, um, so it would have been fun. It would have been very interesting. There are some big matches to be had, but uh, I don't think they dropped. I don't think they, they dropped the ball. Um, Tyler, I don't, I don't love the signing for, for AEW. I mean, I, like, I don't know. Like, I let me just, let me back up. I don't not like Okada and AEW, but I'm just, it just kind of to me is like, meh. Like it doesn't really feel like he's like, and same with Will Ospreay in a way that he's like signing with this new company. Like he is, but like AEW is so interconnected with, with new Japan and they all work each other's big shows as it is that it's like, you know, the, the the difference is that you're going to get Okada what on TV every week. Like, is that is that is that really like good? I mean, I guess. Um, but you know, I haven't seen enough from AEW to tell you to tell me that like, hey, this is going to work out great for him. Um, and same same thing with Will Osprey. Though I think Osprey is more likely to benefit from weekly television because he speaks better English. Um, so I don't know, man. Like. Am I, I'm excited, you know, to see some good matches from Okada, but I don't, I just don't know that this is like a huge needle mover. Like, I think it's just going to kind of be the same water level that we're at now, just with some added interesting matches that come up. Unfortunately, many of them that we've seen already. So I don't know, like talk me off the ledge a little bit. Are you more excited than I am less excited or, you know, am I on the money or am I just completely crazy? Yeah, I'm more excited than you are. I would say the WWE part of it first is I think there is a level of hubris in their scouting department, if you want to call it that, that does oh, not have the track, the, the track record to back it up. And I think the inverse could be said about AEW. I mean, it's been better recently. 
of like kind of the shotgun style of like, eh, something will hit. We'll sign all these people and, <laughs> and we'll get we'll get a swerve. You know, that's basically been the only positive of like not guys that were, you know, main eventing WrestleManias to come in or, or being NXT stars for a long time. So, um, yeah, and with AEW, it is you should go in thinking like, okay, you have to prove it to me that you're going to treat this person as a big star, frame them in that way and put them on TV enough. Mercedes is going to be the exact same way. Same right? way. Yep, yep. Mercedes Osprey Okada, all three of them have to be for this to be successful. Um, you know, I think all three of them have to be a major, you know, 10 of the most important people in the company um, for mm-hmm. AW to be like really, slingshot itself into a good back half of 2024 and really be a hot product in 2025 with MJF back with hopefully Kenny back with the young bucks reinvigorated with page being that good upper mid card guy swerve Samoa Joe, right? Like this is like the making. If you want to salvage, you know, Jay white and Adam Cole where they are currently, you could do that too. But like, there's a making for a lot of, for a lot of, Hot characters in both divisions doing a lot of important stuff. I didn't even say John Moxley. I didn't even say Brian Danielson. I didn't even say Orange Cassidy, right? I mean, there's like a lot of potential here if done correctly. My concern is, is Okada moving to the United States? Do we know that? We don't know. No, we'll, no okay. don't know yet. Because Osprey's living in the UK, so you're not seeing him every week. That's a guarantee. You're going to yeah. see him on three on, two off, something like that, right? So um, that concerns me about Will Ospreay. That's my concern for Okada, that he'll be the Brian Danielson model, where it seems like a not a good use of that immense talent. And what is the presentation, right? Are you going to let him decide what to do with himself completely? And, you know, is he going to think he needs a valet, that that's not going to be good? Or will it be great, you know? Or is he, you know, whatever. Because, like, we've seen Danielson, he got to decide whatever he was going to do with his character. And him being a weird heel that nobody wanted him to be and getting cheered, you know, didn't work, right? I mean, he's had some, he's, I mean, per capita, I, Brian Danielson's had the best matches in AEW's history for, for the amount of them and how awesome all of them have been. So that's like, you know, that would still be a high watermark for an Okada and presenting him in the right way. Um, you know, so I don't, I'm not like, bullish on it going well i think mercedes is over enough and the division is so ripe to have a long-term person at the very top for a while and like to tell good stories that have been lacking i would i would bet on her to have the best run of these three um yeah oh yeah i think okada is a is, is all really up in the air and i think you know it's just like you got to kind of deliver on this big time or it's, it's not ideal. So, you know, WWE avoided that and is going to avoid that criticism. But I do think Okada could have been a guy that you could have done Drew McIntyre level things pretty quickly with AJ Styles, like that sort of thing, like where he's a multi-time champion and always around, always doing stuff. I don't think they had value over a certain price point for that character and AEW can make him, the greatest world champion they've ever had and make the company the hottest it's ever been too. So there's like, it's all over the place on where this can go. 
So I'm curious to see how it goes, but it's all about the presentation. And I just do not give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt on anyone's presentation. Yeah, that's key. Yeah, that's key. Like Adam said here. Uh, thank you, Adam. The bigger question is, whether will TK fumble Okada? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, there's uh, he's yep. got to be on point with this. Like, I don't know, like so much so that it's just like, it's just, you know, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that I think like, even even in New Japan, you know, like he was he was he was IWGP Heavyweight Champion like so often that it's mm-hmm. hard to really like look at any other time you know of his career there when he wasn't champion. But like he's kind of like a guy that I almost just like needs to be champion. Like part of his gimmick and like what he is is just that he's the damn best like mm-hmm. in the world, and so like. This is one of those moments, too, that if you're Tony Khan and Okada's coming in, like, you may want to just say, like, look, sorry, you know, I'm not advocating for this necessarily. I might, but I'm not right now. But you might just want to say, like, Swerve, it's going to have to wait a year. You know, we got to hit on Okada. Like, we got to, like, make sure that the world knows that we have the best wrestler and that wrestler is the world champion and he's – you know, like you may just want to play that card and just tell everybody right out of the gate. And same thing with Mercedes, too. Like, I don't know that you can like you don't want to bring Mercedes Monet in Soraya style where like you just she just kind of comes in and like then all of a sudden. Like, well, you like, realize she can't wrestle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like right. physically. Yeah. Yes. Like you, you can't you know, you cannot have you can't have that. And so, you know, or even like Jay White. I mean, like Jay White was on an Okada level of a, of a acquisition. Like mm-hmm. he was, and you know, that didn't go great. So like, I think you have, if you're Tony Khan, you really got to look at like what, what didn't work and what you want Okada to be. Um, so we'll see, but it's like, yeah, I guess it's just cause that, that trust isn't there, you know, to really like show you can make, you know, a major acquisition like that, a big star on his own in your company. Um, so, so he's got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do on that. And Zach jumping in, treat Okada as a final boss type special attraction. You can, and I think that's a good idea, but you still have to establish him here first, like as somebody that that type of, you know, rec, like that that type of impact goes to, you know, like if some random, you know, you have a, you know, whatever, 18 year old kid who is watching pro wrestling, but has never seen a lick in New Japan. You got to make them understand why Okada is like the final final boss type, which mm-hmm. means I think he has to have a different kind of run first. Yeah, and he's got to like – you just got to think like what has an AW even hardcore fan seen? And yeah. That's probably just the match with Danielson. So he's got to come in and like beat Danielson yes. ASAP to get the win back and then like really take out like if he should beat Danielson and Moxley and like – copeland right or something like that like the first three just like wipe the floor with them but like you know not have a 45 minute epic match yeah like just kind of go for it and then you like hey he gets the title and he's like this dude is like killing people yeah Yeah, i see why they're awesome matches and he's like booked strongly from a you know non-kayfabe perspective and a kayfabe perspective he's out there killing people in the ring and getting wins back and all that stuff so just depends and you know I wonder what do you think on like the manager aspect, like yes or no, first of all. If yes, I would say like nobody who's currently a manager in AEW, but I don't know who that would be that would be a good fit. Cause like I would probably in storyline want someone that 
speaks Japanese as a first language, you know, or if Kenny was for some reason out for like, if he could never wrestle again, which, you know, knock on wood, that is never going to happen. Like mm-hmm. even he wouldn't be a very good ballet. Cause he's not the greatest talker in the world, but um, you know, like who would that be? Or do you do just like the Nakamura stuff where you just have him cut promos? You do the new Japan thing where maybe you have a guy, you hire the 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 British guy. I don't know his name on New Japan that speaks Japanese and kind of deciphers the the main promo. Like, do you do something like that? Like, I don't think that'd be the worst idea either. So I don't know. I, I you can't use anybody that you currently have. No way. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're you don't just, want Nana doing that. No, hell no, 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 none of that. Like, you really, you, yeah, you can't. I mean, you have to go somewhere else um, with it. The problem is, like, I don't. I, I genuinely, like, I mean, everybody's like spoken for i don't think that there's a manager that's out there um that's out there right now you know like rocky romero maybe i mean he could you know be like he's you know in 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 aw now in their front office i think that was reported today by fightful so or that was dave that reported that but so i think that's a possibility but there's no real like oomph there he's like just would be there to like talk in english for for okada does he speak like fluent japanese I think correct. he does. Yeah. Okay. I think he does. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's a possibility. Um, but I like your idea better. Or, like, I like your third idea better. Like, that you have him speak in Japanese and, like, just have someone on commentary translate. It works fine for me. Like, when I'm watching Okada in New Japan, you know, I think that they, you know, he's able, it's a yeah. little bit different, you know, because it's, this is episodic television. Yeah. Um, but, but you just lose bad. so much. Difference not bad, in my opinion, either. You know, this, no, it's not. And like yeah. invest in the, in the AI technology, like a TikTok video does, where you speak and then the text matches. I'm That's sure you can do that. Where it converts Japanese to English pretty okay on the on the screen for the live audience. Yeah, you know, I think there's ways to get around this. That it's 2024. You're a billionaire. Please figure it out. Would be my my right. plea for Tony Khan. But I, but the end game to me is like you just. Don't don't take anything away from Okada. Like don't yeah. you don't want to force him to like speak English out there when it's not his first language. And yeah. you know, I don't know how well he speaks English. Like I, I'm assuming I haven't really see, heard him speak much at all um, of it. So I, I'm just assuming that he doesn't speak it very often or very well. And so you don't want to force the guy out there to do that. Like have him be who he is and then make adjustments behind him somehow. Um, and so yeah, like yeah. You said it perfectly. Just figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. I mean, um, like the, the go ahead. Sorry. Like the you remember the game that like the the street fight that was based on the video game, like a dragon, infinite wealth. The I don't, street fight where, where Big Show came in or Paul White came in. Oh like yes, 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 yes. So yes. like, um, yeah. That whole game is in Japanese. Even if you buy the you know American, the North American version of the game, there's no English option. You just get to read subtitles because they keep the like you lose something in the translation, right? Just yeah. like watching Squid Games, there's a tra- there's a difference in the dub versus the sub. Yes. And like anime, same thing. You watch the the sub to get the actual true intent of the creator, and like there's way cool ways to do it. And your crowd, your audience is a little more hardcore in AEW. They would like that. And I think he would come across like way more badass. Way more speaking yeah. Japanese, so I do too. I I, I do too, uh, for very much so. 
you know, and that, and that could be a reason why WWE didn't, you know, didn't want him. But at the same time, like WWE is way more of a global company than, yeah. than AEW is at this point. So, you know, it would have made sense to have a guy like that. Zach comes in here in terms of like the debate about, um, you know, WWE making him a bigger star. Him being Okada, that is. Uh, Zach says it depends on how you define star. Um, Okada is a top three wrestler in the world. WWE would want to sell him as something more than that because they emphasize personality over wrestling. Um, this this is like a a bigger topic, but I I and that's not a bad thing, Jack. I think it's a really interesting conversation, and we may tackle this in more detail. But I kind I am of the mindset that like personality and wrestling they go hand in hand like they're 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 parts of a bigger equation and to be like a major top tier wrestling star you have to have personality i think more so than than wrestling like that that are just a pure wrestling ability like chad gable has a very very strong pure wrestling ability but he's not anywhere near the biggest star. And there's a lot of guys like that. Who's the guy that used to be in a uh, 205 live that drew Gulag, amazing wrestler, great wrestler, but no personality to speak of. I mean, you have to have that other side of it to be a top star, whether AW, WWE, new Japan, wow. Women's wrestling doesn't matter. Like you have to have that personality in order to, 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 to do that. And for me, like for my money right now, WWE just is able to emphasize that personality better than, than AEW is. And so that's why I think they can make stars look better. That's why Jade Cargill feels bit bigger. That's why Cody Rhodes is way bigger. That's why I think even somebody like Ricky Starks, you know, when he signs with WWE, like he will too. And that's why Adam Copeland doesn't feel as big, like in the AEW kind of world, still a good wrestler, but just not, emphasized the same the same way so that's that's my like short form take on it but it's a really good topic um tyler what about you what do you think yeah first of all drew had great powerpoints so don't belittle his personality <laughs> whoops oh I, I must have forgotten that <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean also wwe said i think they would be like introspective and realize that they like their hit rate on non-english speaking s- stars is is minimal if not zero, right? Like, do they have a, someone who does not speak English as the first language has ever been a huge, huge star? Who's that? And WWE? I, I'm saying, have they ever had one? In WWE? That is not, yeah, that does not speak English as a first language. You know? No. Ray speaks, bi- is bilingual, but he's born in San Diego. I'm going to assume he speaks English as a first language just by probably whatever. But, like, that's the closest no. thing is Ray, and he speaks Spanish. But he speaks English in every promo he's ever done, and it's easy to do it, right? So I think there is something that, uh, you know, they just like that's that's built into their like, hey, we just like for the women, they put, you know, crazy colors all over them. And that's like, all right, that's good enough for for our secondary world title for Asuka, for, you know, Sky, for Kyra Sane. And they work well, and that division needs good workers. So that's a good spot for you know, Joshi wrestlers, et cetera. But for the men, you know, just figuring out Nakamura and it might be different in four years. Also, Okada's 36. So 
right. you know, there, this could be a thing of like, hey, he's got a five-year deal and then he's 42 and he's well-known over here. And also WWE feels way better about, you know, yeah. wrestlers that speak English, that speak English, speak Spanish, speak Japanese, coming over and presenting them the right way with like a Nakamura now being an example of a good way to present somebody, a guy who's main event the last two Raws and they both yeah. been pretty good. And he's been mm-hmm. a menacing character. It makes sense without speaking a sentence of English. So, and somehow he knows how to work the production truck too. Yeah, so well, you know, that's that, that's fine. But you know, like Triple H knew how to use him in NXT because he was over and came over with that hardcore audience. So I do think there's that potential of like so we're still transitioning to that. Like I think Triple H as a booker can book Okada and would love to book Okada, but he doesn't have infinite money to spend on toys like Tony Khan does too. So yeah. Well said, man. Yep. And I think, yeah, he's 36. And uh, yeah, that means you can have a nice long run at AW and then go get that WWE money mm-hmm. um, after you kind of establish yourself here. I think that's, look, you should, you should like be the agents of these guys. That's well, well said. Um, and Adam wants to remind everybody his, Tony Khan's dad is a billionaire, not TK. Of course. Uh, of course. Uh, but uh, TK's not hard up for cash either, Adam. Let's put it, let's put it that way. But you're right; it is not his money. And Chad, you know, the, hopefully Shad lives to be 300 years old. But Shad's also like 75 or something. So right, right. Someone gets right. that money. Someone's gonna Again, get it. That, that's why long ago I posed the question of if Tony Khan had to choose when he becomes the owner of the Jaguars if his mother doesn't take the lead role. Uh, what would he in his heart? Would he, if he had to give up one of the two, everyone obviously agrees you've got to keep the NFL franchise, it's worth uh, be no 10, question. 10 billion, 10 billion dollars in certain time. But I still think that he would like really be hard pressed if he had to actually choose, he'd be very hurt. Yes, uh, <laughs> he would run it via proxy. There's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm changing my answer on that. You you take the I mean, obviously you take the Yes, I don't think he's a moron. But I think <laughs> it would like it would hurt his soul on a very yes. deep level. And he would sell that at some point and then immediately get back in the game. Yes, yes. Yeah, he can't yeah, right. He can't live a minute without it. Uh yeah. <laughs> Adam, he gets a hell of an allowance. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, you guys, we are gonna wrap it up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for tuning in. Great conversation. We uh, checked everything off the list that I wanted to get to today, and so you guys really helped navigate that. Um, the live chat was fantastic, and uh, just appreciate appreciate you guys. Yeah, Zach jumped in here last second. Daniel Garcia needs to go over tomorrow night. He's wrestling who? Edge Copeland, right? Copeland. Yeah, yeah. Guys. I don't, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I mean that—that's not going to happen, is it? I mean, I'd be pretty surprised if that happens. Yeah, I think I it'd be think good that's going to happen. I think it'd be good for two reasons. I think Edge doesn't have a lot to give um, from a rub a rub perspective, and this might be his greatest opportunity to give a rub to somebody that Tony Khan obviously thinks there's he has a lot of value in. Also, I don't want to see Edge and. Christian Cage again at the pay-per-view. I think that was has run its course too. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're right. You're I mean, everything you say is right. And and he should go over tomorrow. 
I just or I here's don't a think it's going to happen. I here's really a better don't. thing. I know they just did this. Have him draw and have be a triple threat, and then you can tell a story that way. That's yeah, the only sure, triple. Sure. Well, I guess you'll have two triple threats on the show. Whatever. Who cares? We're telling stories. Garcia can then beat Cage, and then Edge and Christian can have their beef without the belt. Without and finish, the belt. It, finish it once and for all. And and then that, Danny can be the champion and have a run. So that makes more sense to me, you know. But I don't. I just don't. I yeah. Uh, before that, I just I don't know. Like it's just before that. Before you do that cage match, that Christian cage match with Copeland, whether it's you know a singles match at the pay per view or a triple threat, like you I, like you just laid out. I, I don't. I just don't think you can have Copeland lose before you do that stuff. So yeah. we'll see. I'll be I'll be I'll be very surprised if he if he if he goes over. Um, We'll see. Can I plug my article before we go? Yes, I was just going to okay. say. Okay, okay, cool. I just want to make sure you didn't forget. Yeah, so I'm. I'm this week. I'm going to be writing about uh, everyone's favorite commentator, Pat McAfee, Ooh. and that is for. You can subscribe to the Substack, right, Zach? Yeah. You know the machinations there. People pay for that to read this. Uh, well, we have not decided whether this is going to be a free piece or okay. a uh, you're or, my or member only piece. But. Just so everyone sees, Zach is my editor, like he was back in the day at the Torch. So <laughs> um, I let him make all those decisions. But um, well, real we, quick, real quick, we will see yeah. how we're, yeah, we're, we'll see it goes. <laughs> but the the moral of the story is: subscribe on Substack for free. Uh, you can do it right now. Search Brassring Media Substack in your Google search; it'll come up. Hit subscribe. You'll get all of our free columns, um, multiple columns every week. Um, and uh, you might get this one too. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And Zach's Swerve Super Chat, you did, you did miss. So, let's get to that oh, after this. I'm sorry, but, Zach. So, thank you, Zach, for letting us know. Um, but so, Pat McAfee, a little bit ago, I said, give it six months, everyone's going to start hating him on commentary. I was wrong. It should have been six weeks, is what I said, <laughs> not six months. <laughs> Because good lord, he was awful last night. I'm mean, talking awful, about him man, awful. Specifically on the Substack, and I don't know if everyone's turned on him yet, but it is coming. And if you don't dislike him, like, hey, that's cool. I'm just letting you know, like, there's a lot of issues outside of wrestling with him at the moment, and um, and I just do not think he helps the product. But I'll be writing about that a lot on the Substack, so look out for the Pat McAfee problem on that, and then. We'll get the Zach. There you go. That, I mean, I can't wait to read that. Um, and I, yeah, you're right. And, uh, who he was awful last night. So excited to read that. Guys, subscribe on Substack. It's free. Um, give it a go. You'll like it. Um, and then, yeah, Zach, I apologize for, for missing that one. And you know what? I, 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 I can pull it up. Yeah, pull I it up. Which one he's talking about. And I knew I was missing one too because I saw it come in and I try to flag it, but I do apologize. But thank you. Um, Yes, this was interesting, and I I want to find the source of this interview. I don't remember Zach. If you're is it on his podcast, I I missed this completely. So I I'm not oh, gonna okay. a lot of help. He's got his own podcast, so I assume it was on there. But yeah, maybe not maybe maybe it's on Jericho's pod or something. I don't know. No, it was on it. It was on like a different a different pod. Zach, if you're still in the chat, drop it in the live chat, and we'll we'll post it uh, post it there. But the the precipice of this was that they that you know. And I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but Swerve's take on storytelling was that um, that WWE storytelling is like the you know uh, the more soap opera e you know type 
entertainment, episodic, dramatic type of like pro wrestling story. And Swerve's take was AW's has just as good a storytelling, but it's just, you know, it's in the, it's in ring stories. It's in ring stories. It's stories that, you know, that play out in a wrestling ring. And now again, I'm paraphrasing. It was more complex of an answer than that. Um, but Tyler, I mean, I think he has a, he is on the money. Like, I mean, I think that that's, that is like a key difference in storytelling, except the thing of it is like, and I think that what he, what I would say that was kind of missed there was WWE has that in-ring storytelling also. Like, it's not like they're just telling stories outside the ring with the bloodline and judgment day and all that. Like they do the, they do the in-ring too. It's not the same. It's different. It's not as, you know, intensive an in-ring product, no question, but they still do that. And so, again, I think you need, you need to have both. I mean, you are not a indie wrestling company. You can't just lean on good in-ring work. You have to have compelling storylines that, that are the playing field for those good matches to happen. And too often, you know, it's felt like just super indie. I think you need more than that when you're trying to put on, you know, 104 episodes of, uh, of, of, of primetime television, you know, every single week, it's a lot, you know, you're not just wrestling company at that point. You're something more than that. So I think he's right, but I also think he's kind of burying the lead on that, which is WWE does that too. So, yeah, just depends how you frame it, right? Like you, you're saying, I think that the, better answer to that if i'm his publicist if he knows he's getting this question in advance and he wants to give that answer i would say like yeah wwe is more the young and the restless mixed with like i don't know lone star 911 or one of those shows right <laughs> chicago fire yeah and we want to be more friday night lights um you know just like more uh, a premium cable show version of right. like soap because those are all soap operas too right all right. dramas are soap operas they're not real life real life does not happen the way any sort of dramatized thing a play a musical all that sort of stuff right so just to say like hey we're like a little more for adults than you know something you watched with your grandma because she liked soap operas and wrestling right and that's not what wwe is today but that's like the basis and the origin of that style of wrestling has has progressed from that point but yeah there's just nuances to it right and if you want to say aw does that you can say that all you want but i would say i would argue it's more of a multimedia storytelling platform and that's a nice way of saying they don't connect things on tv to mm -hmm. finish the story so i would go more to the premium you know i'd rather be the bear if i'm AEW than lone star 911 which is more wwe you're going to get a bigger audience for Lone Star 911, but you're going to win awards for the Bear. So that's kind of your choice there. Also, the night product that gets less money, right? Abbott Elementary is like the hot sitcom on TV right now. Everyone on that show makes way more money than, you know, the people on the Bear make, but they launch that in other aspects of their career, which is what we kind of talked about with Okada just now. So there's just right. choices in products and how you present yourself. Yeah, well said, uh, and I yeah, and I agree, and yeah, yeah, it really is how you define it. But but again, like you you have to have both. Like till the since the beginning of time, like wrestling has had the in ring 
story. You know, you're going to work a leg and you're going to work, uh, you know, like you're going to work, uh, you know, the arm and like you're going to have that story going on. And then there's the drama between the characters, the intensity, you know, um, you know, of like, you know, and that's something that I thought, you know, Swerve and Hangman last week had in droves. Like they just have like another level story to what they do because just of how their chemistry together and their story together. Um, but like they didn't get there just by having good matches. Like they had other pieces of that. They had promos. They had a weird house invasion angle. Like it didn't just happen because the in-ring was good. And I think mm -hmm. so, so even in AEW, like that is important for major yeah. feuds, just like Paige and Swerve. Like it's, it, it's there, it, but you have to want to see it. Yeah, they had an A plot and a B plot, just right. like a uh, a good sitcom would have, right? Where you have some characters doing their own journey, the other ones are doing something else, and they all weave together at the end and tell like a nice bow of what you want that episode to be. And feuds are kind of like that, where you need in ring as like an A story, and then feuds to the B story that wrap up all together at the end are the best stories. So. Yeah, and and you have them in different ways, like like. It's this promo. It's that promo. It's mm -hmm. Paige now on this more aggressive run. You know, he's not giving Swerve his title shot. Like it manifests in different in different ways. But like, don't you know? You know, he, Swerve needs to remember like that that like drama soap opera story is there in all of his stuff. You know, it's not just uh, it's not just in there. Mm -hmm. All right, Zach. Apologies. Thank you for uh, for calling that out. That was a good topic, and I, I remember hearing that going, "Huh? I don't know, know about that, Mister Swerve." Uh, but guys, we'll wrap up. Uh, look for Tyler's column um, this week at Brass Ring Media on Substack. You can subscribe for free. Um, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel here, uh, so you know all the different times we're live. I'll be live tomorrow, three Eastern. Uh, with my show Spotlight, um, and the topic for that will come out here shortly. So I don't want to give anything away quite yet because I'm working on a few uh, machinations backstage here, off mic and off camera. So more to come on that. But tomorrow, 3 Eastern, join me right here on the YouTube channel. Tyler had his show on Monday, Monday Mania. That's on the channel up right now. You can watch for free and listen to it as a podcast for free as well. That goes for all the Brass Ring Media content. Um, you can download as a podcast uh, on all your favorite podcast feeds. And of course, um, if you like what you hear here and you like the way we talk wrestling and you like the way we cover the business and analyze the business and discuss the business, become a Brass Ring Media member. Head over to Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media, and you, know, you won't be sorry. I think you'll be happy. It comes with a free members-only show once a week. All of our pay-per-view review shows and our post-PLE review shows access to our discord community full access to the uh to the substack channel tons more so you're definitely going to want to check that out it's four dollars um and we certainly uh we certainly would appreciate it so thank you thank you thank you tyler talk to you soon my friend see you see you thursday later guys thanks <laughs>